people would, you, would not be so. Would you uh, ever consider changing your haircut now that you've marketed your podcast around it? We're not allowed to, are we? Justice plays an important role. I consider this tribunal a false tribunal and indictments false indictments. Such abhorrent crimes must not go unpunished. Proceedings will be long and complex. All rise. Hey. Welcome to Asymmetrical Haircuts, the podcast where we talk to kick-ass women about international law. Um, I know what you're thinking. This doesn't sound like Janet or Stephanie. This is actually Hannah, the voice from the outro, and I'm Janet and Stephanie's intern. In this bonus episode, we kind of turn the tables a bit, and we're taking a closer look at the two women behind the microphone. But before we start this episode, I have a very important message for you. Do you want to change the world? Did you build your career around achieving world peace? I have just the answer. Liking, following and subscribing to this podcast and leaving asymmetrical haircuts, a rating on any of the streaming apps, comes pretty close. So please spread the word, as this makes it a lot easier for other people to find our podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family that listening to asymmetrical haircuts is the equivalent of world peace. Kind of. Anyway. So without further ado, please enjoy the episode. So people keep on asking why it is that um, that we've uh, ended up in this uh, specific niche. And, uh, oh God, it's depressing what a niche it is that there is, nobody else is interested in. It. No, it's because uh, I think it's um, it feels really fundamental to um, big changes, um, political changes around the world, but uh, not enough people actually understand what it's about. Um that's my general reason why. And then maybe I can explain a bit later about why the specifics. I just kind of kind of fell into it because um, I did my uh, thesis. I, I studied history and I did my thesis on the war in Bosnia, but I did it on the way um, newspaper picture selection works. So I was very read up on the Bosnia conflict. And then when I started to work for uh, Agence France Presse in The Hague as the English language correspondent in 2001, one of the big things we covered was the ICTY, the former Yugoslav court. And uh, Milosevic was, wasn't quite handed over, but that happened a year later. And that was all the news there was. So I kind of very much learned on the job um, and it fell into something that I already knew and that I liked. And I liked the courtroom sense of it. And I just once basically once you know one international tribunal, you know how it works and you can then help uh, this with others. And then I met up with Janet because she was working for IWPR, the Institute of War and Peace Reporting. And I had a friend from the former Yugoslavia who was also working there and introduced me to Janet. Well, my sort of accident way in was um, I'd been a BBC correspondent, had covered a lot of different places and then decided not to carry on doing straight journalism anymore once I'd left the BBC. And I ended up living in Tanzania for family reasons. Um, and I wasn't going to report on Tanzanian politics because there's not there wasn't, again, a huge market to um, to sell stories, but there was the uh, Rwanda tribunal up in Arusha. So looking at the uh, Arusha tribunal, I started to work with local journalists to try to get their understanding of the tribunal better. Um, working with uh, Fondation Hirondelle, 
the Hirondelle Foundation who were running a news agency out of there. And it meant that I just started asking all kinds of questions. But why is this existing? How on earth did the Security Council decide to do this? Well, what on earth is this thing meant to try to achieve? Um, and I, I just found that fascinating. Then ended up living in The Hague um, and, as Stephanie says, was working for another organisation looking a bit at the Yugoslav Tribunal. My first introduction to Yugoslav Tribunal was, God, where are these countries? This former Yugoslavia, because I had absolutely no idea which bits they were, and then noticed that the ICC was coming, the International Criminal Court, and decided, yeah, this altogether is a really important world. Not only for me, I mean, yeah, what what does it matter whether Jan Anderson knows something about it? But really, what does it matter for the journalists in countries where they are being affected by the, the development of this um this specific um by the development of this court system what what are they going to do about it they don't know they don't have a background on international humanitarian law they don't have a background on international criminal law yet somehow this spaceship lands in their backyard suddenly the international criminal court or some other mechanism is suddenly connected to what's going on and they have to start reporting on it as if they know what it's all about so i need to help them yeah, and for me, it was I was just in The Hague and then all these new courts started coming in The Hague. And so then, okay, you know the ICTY, so who are they going to send uh, to cover the Charles Taylor trial? Me. Who are they going to send to cover the ICC? Me, because I know a, a bit of how it works. And then... Um, oh, you're an expert. Yeah. And then now I've become an expert, but really through just on the job talking to people. And then um, in 2008, I wanted to see something else in the Netherlands. So I spent two years in Senegal and then five years in the Balkans, in Belgrade, and um, kind of got out of the news agency world for a bit and then thought, what do I really want to do? Where, what is my marketable skill? What is the one thing that I know? And I thought it's international law. And I was looking like, who does what I want to do in international law? And it was Janet. <laughs> that I remembered. And I think being on Twitter, being an influencer, giving yeah. trainings, and I was like, okay, so I need to have coffee with Janet. Yes. And it always starts with coffee. Yes. It? So we met outside the Blossom Cafe outside the ICJ, well known to anybody who visits the ICJ. And I was like, how do you do what you do? And how do I get to become you in a different way? And she basically said, start a Twitter account, which I did. <laughs> Start a Twitter account so you reflect other people's conversations and start to understand who is saying what about it. But also we started to work together, didn't we? Um, working again with young uh, journalists or putative journalists at Groningen University, uh, giving them an introduction to, to what goes on in this world. And we've just worked together on a number of projects like that. Yeah, and then we just thought, well, we want to know more and the, the stuff that we can do in our stories. Um, why don't we do this podcast? Because there's so many interesting people walking around and there's people we have a lot of fun conversations with about international law, geeking out about the stuff that we like. But that never makes it into the stories, which are always very serious and very um, specific. So what is the way to do this where we're not writing even more? But I also thought, yeah, we've got this whole collection um, of really interesting female, relatively young, um, new generation of both practitioners, academics, commentators around this, who um, 
who really need to be amplified. Um, their perspectives are challenging to the established order at the moment, and it's great to have an opportunity to ask them what they think is happening. Yeah, so this is when we decided let's let's do this. Let's just go and talk to these people. And then for a long time, we were just telling everybody, we're going to do this podcast, I think for six months. And we were never doing it because life kept getting in the way. And then we thought, Ooh, life. We, let's get an intern. Because when we get an intern, we have to actually do something. Because otherwise, you know, somebody is being very much adversely affected for just saying stuff and not doing it. So hi, Hannah, our intern. Uh, and uh, Hannah's helping us, uh, assistant producing, producing, uh, trying to uh, shape this into actual product that make people want to listen to it. Do you think it's been worthwhile doing, Hannah? I, I think it's definitely been worthwhile, but I actually want to turn the table on you. And uh, in this podcast, we tend to ask three questions to our guests. And uh, I know we've done this in the first episode, but now it's been a couple of months and you've you've tried it a bit. So I want to ask you, what is something that people get wrong about your job as a professional podcaster? Well, I think they imagine that we have a studio, <laughs> which we don't. We have a... Um, uh, a tiny bit of a desk in the um, in the space, the Hague Humanity Hub. We're we're very grateful that they give us a tiny bit of a desk, but we uh, store some uh, some mics and some other equipment, and uh, then we just uh, squat for an hour to to try and record. That's the thing I think they get wrong, Stephanie. Uh, that's my thing too. I think they imagine that we're much more professional than we actually oh, are. We're professional. <laughs> we're just not highly equipped. Or, or organized. Oh, well, you know, okay. We have lives as well. What else? Well, the second question, I had it in my mind just now, and it slipped. Um, the second question is, um, what, should, what, 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 what should we have said? In, have in this said? interview that I've done with you, what should I have asked you? Well, you might have asked us um, to tell you a bit more in depth about the, the other different pieces of work that we've done so that we could sell ourselves amazingly well on this podcast. But, you know, come off it. Who's interested? Advert time. Go ahead. Oh, you know, I've, I've, I've done bits of it. You know, I used to be a BBC correspondent. Um, what else? I was very impressed when I saw that on your resume. Absolutely. Sounds good, does it? But it was a long time ago. Um, what else? I think that... Um, that maybe, you know, we should be telling you about, you know, actually we produce quite a lot of the discourse on this. We, w jointly, we provide quite a lot of the commentary on what goes on in this world. So even though we're only very little, we, we are actually quite influential. I find it always very amusing that people are like, uh, when I meet people that I have to interview, they're like, oh, you're Stephanie Vandenberg. And this only happens with like super ICC people or following something very niche that all of a sudden you feel like, because they've all read your stories, because obviously they, you know, they go on Reuters or AFP. And so they see your name there. And that only happens to me. Uh, you know, at the ICC Assembly of State Parties, I feel like a I guess like Barbara Waters would probably be in the US where people are like, oh, that is the Stephanie Vandenberg because she writes that stuff that we read. And I never, ever get that anywhere because, uh, you know, this is not the kind of it's not those kinds of stories that I write, but the people who follow it see it. So I think that's also just very funny that. Uh, so you're a celebrity. That's what you're saying. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, at the ICC, oh, I go around Superstar. with sunglasses and I say no pictures. No, but nobody recognizes me. They just see the name. So I could still be incognito. So it's wonderful. <laughs> well, your your haircuts are quite famous now. So I, I think that's going to that be your problem. This podcast is really exploiting the haircut and, and has our pictures on it. Um, so I think I think this ASP would will you, not be so. Would you uh, ever consider changing your haircut now that you've marketed your podcast around it? We're not allowed to, are we? That's contractually, it. no. Contractually, but. no. This is it. Otherwise, we have to stop the podcast. So that's life. I think we could get wigs probably, and just for the podcast, do it, and so we could still go around right. the streets unrecognized. Okay, and the last question, Hannah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to do... Yeah, uh, the last question is, have you read or seen or listened to something recently that you really want to recommend or plug? Can be something of your of your own. Um, I have gotten back to... Well, mostly I recommend stuff that isn't um, like dealing with international justice because I spent a lot of my time doing that. So I tend to go in all kinds of directions uh, to uh, wind down, which... People find very hilarious because my way of winding down from mass crimes and war crimes is to read uh, police detective novels. Uh, usually the more gruesome, the better. So I'm on the latest Val McDermott, who is, uh, I think she's a Scottish uh, crime writer that I love. And it's very, um, it's always police procedurals and investigating teams. And so I'm not really veering very far from, um, from the basics of international law, but I go to uh, police procedures. Well, and Janet, the last novel that um, I just read was uh, by Kate Atkinson, a British author uh, called Flamingo, which is about another, um, which was partly set during the Second World War, and it's about layers of deception um, uh, and about the interlinkage between the security services and the BBC um, during the Second World War and afterwards uh, about what it means to be patriotic, what it means to um, to to want to do things on behalf of your country, and uh, it it really nicely raises all all those questions. Highly recommended. Great. But she is also a police. She also has a detective. She has Detective uh, Jason Brody, who I love and read all those books. <laughs> is this not a Brody? Novel? It's not a Brody novel, but um, I'm with uh, Stephanie as well, I'm afraid. Yeah, police uh, procedurals are, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and in, I imagine most of our guests as in, well. In that way, I'm going to plug three things because I've been hoarding them up ever since we started this podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, so, we haven't no, asked no, no, you, no, no, Hannah. No, no. Hannah, what am, would you like to recommend? And I am a Netflix and podcast junkie. Um, one thing you should really be listening to is an amazing podcast called My Favourite Murder. And I think you would, especially if you like uh, police novels and true crime, this is really the best. In line with two female hosts, as we have on Asymmetrical Haircuts, it is absolutely hysterical. It combines comedy and true crime, which is a very rare combination absolutely hilarious two women from the US just talking about true crime um and their tag phrase is um stay sexy and don't get murdered so they uh that's that's about it that's fantastic on Netflix watch unbelievable it is um well I think I think everyone's probably heard of it but really if you haven't if you're one of these people that you know, stores it in the back of their mind thinking, I don't have time for it. Make time for Unbelievable. It is fantastic. And something that I also recently found is called Criminal. Um, it is 
uh, this Netflix production where um, it's it's set in the UK, in France, in uh, Germany, and two other countries that slipped my mind. Um, and it's basically just about criminal um, interrogations. Yeah, that that's been that's been just inside of me this whole time. <laughs> Thanks, Hannah. We will, <laughs> no, we will, um, particularly other podcasts are so nice to hear about. So even though I feel a bit jealous sometimes of them. Oh, and I think we want to give a shout out. I see it on Janet's phone, but we also want to give a shout out. The reason why we thought we could do this podcast is also because we both liked Brexit cast so much from the BBC, which has the uh, journalists in um, Westminster and Brussels uh, from the BBC just chatting about what's going on with Brexit. And we thought that's, possibly just as boring as war crimes and they make it very interesting because we have these uh colleagues talking on a certain level uh we could do it if we could do something like that but with international law that would be great what i like about it particularly is kind of the inside insight that that they get um it would be great if at some point what happened at the icc um got such a lot of interest from people that our inside insight would be totally relevant to people. But um, at the moment, I think our sort of irregular um, meanderings and chats to uh, chats to different uh, experts are probably the best that we're going to get. I can't see that we're going to be have an emergency klaxon a la Brexit cast. Oh, but don't sell yourself short. I think, well, probably the emergency klaxon doesn't work because everything goes so slow in international law. So we should have more like a a warning foghorn. Okay, we'll see if we can get a sloth noise. Okay, well we'll see if we can get that. Okay, are we are we done now, Hannah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Goodbye. This podcast was created and presented by Janet Anderson and Stephanie van den Berg. Show notes and additional blogs are available on asymmetricalhaircuts.com. It is recorded in the Hague Humanity Hub, home to a community of innovators in the field of peace, justice, development and humanitarian action. Music is by audionautics.com and the show is available on every major podcast service, so please subscribe, give us a rating and spread the word.